Welcome to the Life is Better with You Here podcast with Dr. Childs. Here, we want to help. And where there's help, there's hope. A short disclaimer, this podcast is not a replacement for therapy. If you feel you need treatment, we strongly suggest you visit your physician or go to lifeisbetterwithyouhere.org slash therapist slash for assistance finding a mental health provider. This episode is included in our mini-series titled Suicide Prevention. Our goal with this mini-series is to bring awareness to a wide array of groups within the Black community that we feel could be served better. With these episodes, we want to do what we can to foster open conversations that are inclusive and create a safe environment for all of us. Subjects in the series may trigger some or contain topics not suitable for certain audiences. Please use your discretion. In today's episode, we will focus on veterans. Now here's our host, Dr. Childs. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Life is Better With You Here. I am your host, Dr. Shavana Childs, and again, it is so nice to be here with you. Today, our topic is going to be veterans and PTSD. So before we get started, you know, I always like to do a nice guided meditation to get us settled. This one is called Candle Wax. So we're going to imagine our tension oozing away like wax dripping from a burning candle. Okay? So get your body ready. Close your eyes while I take us through this guided meditation. It's daydreaming time. Time to relax in peace and quiet. Time to clear your mind of clutter and focus on images that will calm and soothe you. As you begin to slow down and relax, gently close your eyes and turn your attention inward. Notice your breathing and the surfaces that support you. Notice the thoughts and images that cross your mind. Then let them drift as you clear your mental landscape. As you continue to relax deeper and deeper, imagine yourself in a dark, quiet room. A candle is set on a table in the center of the room. Imagine yourself striking a match and lighting the candle, then blowing out the match. Focus your attention on the candle as the initial smoke from the wick flickers up into the air. The blue flame creeps slowly downward towards the melting wax, creating a small pool of liquid on the top of the candlestick. As the wick burns, this pool slowly becomes too large for the space holding it, and it starts to overflow much like the tension stored in your body that builds up and seeks release. As you continue to watch your candle, the first drop of melted wax escapes the lip of the pool and slides down the side. Then another drop slides down and another, followed by a slow, steady stream of melted wax 
escaping, dripping, slight. Now, imagine that the melting wax is the tension in your mind and body, melting, oozing, escaping, dripping, sliding, finding its own release. When you are ready, blow out the candle and return your focus to the present moment and to your surprise. Open your eyes, bring back with you a sense of release and calm from the melting candle. Would you take a deep breath in, let it out, and get ready for the message we're gonna talk about today. So I hope from that that you are feeling really, really relaxed. Today, we're gonna talk about post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, as it relates to veterans. <clears throat> so what we know about PTSD is it is slightly more common in veterans than civilians. And at some point in their life, seven out of 100 veterans or 7% will have PTSD. Um, and the general population with civilians, general populations is six out of 100. So it's about 6% will have PTSD in their lifetime. What we also know is PTSD is more common among female veterans. So they're at 13% versus 7%, okay? Um, male veterans, is six percent. So we we've always discussed when we discuss PTSD, we know that women in general struggle more. We always think PTSD and veterans, but when we look across broadly, women struggle at higher levels of PTSD because of domestic violence, abuse, mental, emotional, all those things. But even when we take it in text of the military, women are still at the top at 13%, where men are at 6%. And part of that trauma with women is what they call MST, which is military sexual trauma. And not that this doesn't happen to men, but it happens to women at higher rates. So they have that trauma that they have to deal with, as well as any combat trauma that might come. So those are the two forms of trauma that women may typically go through while they're in the military, which might heighten the level to 13% as opposed to 6% for men. They're also learning more about transgender veterans, which I am thankful for because we're starting to, this whole don't ask, don't tell thing is not permeating our research. We wanna ask and we wanna tell because we need to know. These different variables of who we are as human beings needs to be researched. And so I'm glad that they are doing research on our transgender community, the LGBTQ community within the military, because we need to know how everyone is affected by PTSD and what's affecting them. Because I got to imagine what affects people in the community because of being female, male, 
transgender, bisexual, gay, lesbian, intersex. How is that when we put the film of military over it? And so there's a different lens that we look at. And so how is that affected? So they are learning more about the transgender veterans and um, those who do not identify as male or female, um, i.e. are non-binary uh, individuals. So the other fascinating thing is that we look at service era, okay? Like Vietnam War, Gulf War, whatever. So what they found was Operation Iraqi Freedom, or OIF, and Enduring Freedom, OEF, 15% of those veterans had PTSD in the past year. At some point in their life, 29% will experience PTSD. Persian Gulf War or the Desert Storm, 14% had it in the past year. Vietnam vets, and I found this very interesting that the Vietnam War was only 5%. And I guess for me, I thought that that would be higher. Um, and 5% is too much, but it was 5%. Um, and again, surprised here, World War II and the Korean War, it was 2%. And so I'm, I'm, part of me is wondering, were they not doing as much research? And so maybe the numbers were higher, but this is what they captured when they came home and they started to see it, recognize it. Um, diagnose it, give it symptoms, and figure out what it up was. And by the time we got to the Persian Gulf or Desert Storm and the Iraqi Freedom and the Enduring Work, oh, we know what this is, we know what to look for now, so the numbers are correlating a little bit better. Um, but as you can see from World War I to Vietnam War to Desert Storm, the more we know, the more we're able to capture it. And I'm glad we're able to capture it because now we know what to do about it. Um, also at those times, so at the lifetime mark, you also see as we learn more about it in World War II, the general population, PTSD was at 3%. Vietnam War was at 10%. Persian Gulf was at 21%. Um, Operation Iraqi Freedom was at 29%. So again, as we start to learn more about PTSD, what the symptoms are, what it looks like, that this just isn't a veteran thing, but this is a life thing, because trauma doesn't just happen in wars, trauma happens in life, okay? How many of us have experienced a traumatic event? And we'll go over some of the symptoms, but quickly, you saw something, you experienced something, or you have a family member that experienced it and you witnessed it, or you heard about it and it affected you some type of way. Vicarious trauma, we are, we are reliving somebody else's trauma because they told us about it. Okay, that's a form of trauma, vicarious trauma that we have to look out for. So we can experience trauma in everyday life and that's PTSD, sexual assaults, being beaten, domestic violence, childhood abuse, emotional and mental abuse for years and years and years and years or all of them at once. That's trauma, losing a parent, losing a child, a traumatic childbirth, like there's tons of trauma that happen outside of the military. So that's where there's a lifetime incident of trauma that we can talk about. But there's also the trauma 
that we can experience being in the military. Okay, so as we talk about that, um, veterans are more likely to develop PTSD than civilians because they're at war. We, they have weapons, um, they have tanks. Their goal is to go over and serve and protect and sometimes that serve and protect is taking another person's lives. They may not intend to. We all know that that's possible, but I don't think that's what's actually gonna happen when I go over there. I don't think so. Some people may look forward to it, but I think a lot of people do. And then when it actually happens, you have to deal with that reality. That's not a reality most of us wanna deal with. I couldn't imagine that, okay? And they said among veterans, um, those who deploy, those who go overseas who deploy, are more likely to have PTSD than veterans who do not deploy. So veterans that stay stateside, that stay in the U.S. and are doing other things like our logistics, um, the veterans who are doing, you know, working with the drones who are kind of away from it are less likely to get PTSD. But those who deploy and have boots on the ground, as they say, are in the desert, are in Iraqi, are in Vietnam, are in the Korean War, who saw bodies, who shot at people or shot people or killed people or saw someone lose a limb, leg, or life. Yeah, they're gonna have higher rates of PTSD. If you've ever spoken to a veteran that's been deployed, who saw something, if they even tell you, if they even tell you, but if they share their stories, you can almost see it in their face that there's something they're not telling you. You can see in their face how it hurts. You can see in their face how they're reliving that story in their head. It's playing like a movie and they're seeing it as if it was yesterday, not five years ago. That's PTSD. It is very, very real for them. Can you imagine carrying a movie in your head every day? Not a movie you want to tell people about. This is what you deal with. And nobody can truly understand. It's not a, people can, the only person who could probably empathize with you is another veteran. And often they don't want to talk about it because who wants to revisit that? Um, veterans who use the VA for healthcare, very thankful for the VA. They do very good work, and they are very good at capturing who has PTSD because they know what to look for. Therefore, veterans who go to the VA are more likely to be diagnosed with PTSD because they know what they're looking for, as opposed to veterans who go to just community health services. The VA, the Veterans Administration, they know what they're looking for. So ideally, we want our veterans to be connected. We want them to be VA connected. Doesn't always happen for a number of reasons. Um, research is ongoing to better understand how PTSD affects veterans of color, LGBTQ plus communities, and those of other diverse backgrounds. Again, we're not monolithic as human beings. We're varied, we're diverse. We're of color, we're LGBTQIA. We have diverse backgrounds. And when we put the lens of military over it and war, TSD looks very different for all of us, for all of us. So 
PTSD isn't the same for every person. It is very different for every person. And so I'm glad that there's ongoing research and so we can treat people at the level and how they need to be treated. So earlier I was talking about symptoms of PTSD and kind of what it looks like. So the symptoms usually start soon after the traumatic event, okay? But they may not appear to months or years later. You may seem fine and then month later, boom, you're not sleeping, you're having nightmares or flashbacks. Flashbacks are things that happen while you're awake and all of a sudden you're getting this flash of whatever the event is and you don't know where it's coming from and you can't stop it. Or somebody triggers you, somebody drops a glass and boom, you're back to that place where that thing happened. Or somebody yells really loud and you're triggered and you think somebody's about to attack you. Fourth of July is very hard for a lot of veterans because it sounds like gunfire. Or somebody who's been robbed and the gun was fired and it's the 4th of July. But those kinds of things, they trigger them. They also may come and go over many years. Some years you will do better than others. Um, if the symptoms are lasting longer than four weeks, cause you great distress, you can't work, your concentration focuses off, it's interfering with your mental, emotional, occupational, social um, functioning, you should go see a therapist, okay? Life is Better With You Here has tons of therapists and those therapists that specialize in working with veterans. Also contact the VA. There are four types um, of PTSD symptoms, um, but they're not the same for everybody and everybody has their own way of expressing them, okay? So reliving the event, okay? It's like you're right back there. It's like whatever happened then is happening right now in the moment and you almost can't tell the difference. You're having nightmares. You may feel like you're going through the event again. That's the flashback. Um, you may be able to hear, see, or smell things that cause you to relive the event. And it's, it's like um, there's something called the olfactory memory. It's when you smell something and it takes you back to a memory you can have that. You can see something that takes you back. You can hear something that takes you back. Um, and those are triggers. News reports, seeing an accident, fireworks, all triggers. When you find yourself avoiding things, avoiding people, places, things that remind you of the event, that's a sign or symptom that you might have PTSD. Okay? For example, avoiding crowds because they might feel dangerous going somewhere where you have to stand with your back against the wall because you need to see all the exits. You need to know how to get out of here. Um, if you were in an earthquake, for example, you might avoid watching TV about earthquakes. Okay? You may keep very busy to avoid getting help so you don't have to think about or talk about the events. So always keeping yourself bit busy. Um, number three, having more negative thoughts, feelings than you did before about people, places, or the world around us. You may feel numb, um, unable to have positive or loving feelings for others. Um, you may forget parts of the traumatic event, like it's almost like you suppress them, like you can't remember what happened. Um, you may think the world is dangerous. You may not trust the world. You may stop trusting people, even people you used to trust before. 
You may feel some guilt or shame about the event, wishing you had done something to keep it from happening, even if there was nothing you could have done. So there may be some shame or guilt there. Um, and number four, feeling on edge or keyed up. We call this being hyper-vigilant, jumpy, on edge, always on the lookout, knowing where the exits are, planning your escape. Always, you don't trust anybody. You're jittery, you're always on alert, you're on the lookout for danger. This makes it hard for you to sleep. You might fall asleep, but you might not stay asleep. Or you might have a hard time falling asleep because your, your mind's racing. Did I check all the doors? Let me get up and check all the doors and make sure everybody's okay. Is everybody in their bed? Is their window open? How? And you just go through all of this and your family in the meanwhile is looking at you like, what is going on? For you, it makes perfect sense. You gotta make sure everybody's safe because that one time you didn't, such and such got killed. Or the one time this didn't happen, A, B, and C, they didn't come home. So it's a very different experience and then those around us don't understand the experience. Um, difficulty concentrating and focus because your mind is just going, going, going. You can't stop it. You may be startled by loud noises or surprises. Typically don't like surprise parties, bad idea. Um, you might have unhealthy things like smoking, drinking, abusing drugs, horrible ways of coping, but this is a lot of times what happens with veterans that have PTSD will find that there's alcohol use and or abuse problem. They're masking the problem with drugs or alcohol. They also might become aggressively with driving or picking fires or just being angry because they don't know what to do with what's going on with them. But as you know, where there is hope, there is help, okay? So what we like to do is there is called trauma-focused therapy. And at the VA, there is CPT and not just at the VA, it's um, cognitive processing therapy. And it's where you learn skills to understand how trauma has changed your thoughts and feelings. And it changes how you think about the trauma so you can function better. So this is therapy in general. It's talk therapy, but it focuses on trauma specifically. Um, prolonged exposure where you talk about your trauma repeatedly until the memories are no longer distressing. So it's an exposure therapy. We keep talking about it, keep, and we just bring down that anxiety each time we talk about it. So you can talk about it, think about it, but you're not so keyed up about it. And then we have EMDR. EMDR was designed for veterans for this purpose to bring the disturbance of the event from a 10 down to a two. And it helps your brain process what's going on. And your brain processes it and it takes you through everything. And your brain just free associates while watching a ball or your therapist's fingers on the screen and watching a ball on the screen while you think about the past event, but the ball or the fingers keep you in the present. Your brain can't do both, so something has to go. Guess what goes? All the negative thoughts about this trauma and eventually your desensitization, it goes from the disturbance of a 10 down to maybe like a two. The reality is you're not gonna forget about the trauma, but you don't have to be so disturbed by it. And you have some new insights and we get rid of any negative beliefs you might be carrying, such as I should have done something or I'm a failure. We take 
all those negative beliefs away. And then we input a positive belief. I did the best I could with what I had. I'm good enough. And we bring that belief to its highest. And that's how EMDR works. It is very helpful. It has been very successful. It is an evidence-based um, treatment. So if you haven't heard of it, I would suggest you look it up. It is highly effective. I have used it with my patients. I have patients who absolutely love it. It does bring up a lot of emotions, but it is very, very effective. So those are the ways that we help our veterans um, with therapy and medication, because there's it's okay to take medications when you need it. I'd rather us be taking medications than drugs and alcohol. Finding somebody trusted that you can talk to. And for those of us that love someone with PTSD, understanding what it is and what it can do and how it impacts family. Because they're not struggling alone. We struggle with them. And it hurts us too. So let's find ways. There are PTSD support groups for families so that we can help them through and we can help ourselves, and there's people to help us. You're not doing this alone. Remember, we're a village. The village is here for everybody and everything. Tap into your village. Reach out. Life that's better with you here has resources and avenues for that. Okay? So my challenge to you is to think about your life events and determine if you've experienced a traumatic event, and if you have, Seek help. There's nothing wrong with seeking help. Remember, you should be the three most important people in your life. Me, myself, and I. Take care of those three people and you will always be okay. My affirmations for you today, you are allowed to do things that make you feel better. You are allowed to heal. And remember, regardless of your mental health journey, Life is always better with you here. Thank you and have a beautiful day. And I hope to see you soon. Thank you for listening. This has been the Life is Better with You Here podcast with Dr. Childs. For more episodes, you can find us on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, and more. We would also like to give gratitude to our sponsors, the Ohio Suicide Prevention Foundation and Global Insight Productions, without whom we wouldn't be able to do this. For more information about our sponsors, please visit ohiospf.org and globalinsightpro.com. For more information about us, visit our website, lifeisbetterwithyouhere.org. We look forward to seeing you next week. And if you have any suggestions for episode topics, please leave us a comment. Also, if you or someone you love is in crisis, please call 988 or text Steve, S-T-E-V-E, to 741-741 for free and confidential support 24-7. And again, thank you.